Hey all, welcome back to End of the Night, a podcast inspired by honest, insightful conversations shared between industry professionals. If we haven't met yet, hey! (laughs) I'm Cassie Anderson, owner and creative director of Cassie Rose Events, and I've been planning and designing luxury events for over a decade. Today, I'm joined by Jennifer Stucco, founder, CEO, and creative director of Prota Fiori, an Italian luxury footwear brand for women who are drawn to responsible fashion. Jennifer's elegant designs have caught the eyes of editors at publications like Vogue and Forbes, and not just because of the premium quality. Jennifer's designs are the first of her kind, made from sustainable materials including, wait for it, upcycled grape and apple skins. I kid you not, you guys. I'm just as fascinated as you are. In just three short years, Prota Fiori has been able to create a positive global footprint, pun fully intended, in the fashion industry without compromising quality or style. So to honor the amazing Jennifer, sit back, grab your favorite glass of vino, and enjoy. Chin chin! a little bit about your background. How did Prota Fiore come to be? So I worked in fashion for a little bit over 10 years before starting Prota Fiore. I worked at Italian luxury fashion houses like Giorgio Armani, Valentino, A. Testoni. I had all very different roles at each of those companies, ranging from operations and production to sales to PR, management. I mean, I really had a diverse background, but it was at Ata Stoney where I really learned a lot about shoemaking and fell in love with Italian shoemaking. When I left, I said, okay, well, you really need to think about like what you want to do next and what drives you and what you're passionate about and what you care about. I started learning about the impact of the fashion industry on climate change, and I got really upset by it. Working in an industry that is the second most polluting industry in the world, I thought, well, how can I make a difference? And at the time in 2018, I mean, sustainability was a topic in fashion, and a lot of companies had been working hard to make a difference, but it wasn't something that I was seeing happening so much in footwear. So I looked at the footwear industry in Italy and Italian luxury brands. I didn't see anything happening. And so Italian craftsmanship, my Italian roots was always something I really cared about and was still passionate about. But I was like, well, how can I merge these two things together that I love? Italian craftsmanship and making a difference. I took like all of my passion and just like know how to create this. But I, I honestly didn't have any resources to start this besides my network and then my background. So it was really from ground zero. I was oh couch surfing. God. Sometimes I still feel like I'm couch <laughs> surfing, even though I still have an apartment. But I came up with the name Prota Fiori when I was thinking about what really inspired me to start the company and what I wanted the brand to evoke, a feminine approach to sustainability. So I thought about things that I really loved, which was flowers and florals and nature. And I wanted to tie all of that in together with the brand. Prota Fiori translates to protect the flowers and all of the shoes are named after different flowers. For example, we launched with Azalea, Margarita, Rosa. Now we have Camellia, Magnolia. So as we grow as a brand, like we just keep adding more flowers to our garden. I love that. What is it about Italian shoemaking that's so special? First of all, it's part of their culture. It's in their roots. The way Italians work with everything, whether it's wine, cheese, food, shoes, like they put their heart and soul into everything that they do. And it's such a 
personal thing. And it's so part of their lifestyle that to me, that's just such a romantic, beautiful way to live. And the quality that you get from Italian shoemakers is the best in the world. The region that the shoes are made is actually called La Marche, and it's the oldest shoe region in all of Italy. And it's called the shoe district because it has like the highest concentration of shoemakers in the region that are making the shoe parts, the actual shoes. So everywhere you go in this region, like you're bound to bump into someone who makes shoes. That's amazing. It's really unique and rare. The shoemakers that make our shoes are second generation. It's a family business. They're handmade. This whole personal experience of making the product is really important to me and having hands on the product. Like it's not made by machines. This is made with love by, you know, people who have been doing this for years. And when I was at the factory this summer, I was talking to some of the shoemakers and they're like, I've never worked with these materials before. This is so interesting. And it's also really hard. And I want my children to make shoes. This has been in my family for years. And part of why I wanted to start this was to preserve Italian craftsmanship. And by bringing them sustainable materials and saying, learn something new and make a shoe a different way, even though it's really hard, that's a way to sustain their craft. Because Mm. then other brands can do it and we can also grow. And then all of a sudden now their craft is modern and it's needed. Right, right. You know, they don't like working with these materials necessarily at first because it's really hard. <laughs> Why is it harder? What What about these materials makes them more difficult to work with? The process of making this shoe, the, the Protofiori shoe, is brand new. So the materials that we use are upcycled apple skins, upcycled grape skins, recycled cardboard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back up. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not done. Upcycled plastic. <laughs> There's a lot of new materials that we're using, right? And we're using them together in one shoe. So this has never been done before. And it took almost a year to figure all of this out. When I came up with this concept, I knew I wanted to make a high quality shoe out of sustainable circular materials, but I I didn't know what they would be. My goal was it needs to be sourced from Italy. I want this to be a fully Italian product from Italy, starting with the supply chain. And I want the materials to be durable. I want them to be high quality. I want them to look and feel like regular leather. So that led me to finding all of these things. But it was a trial and error. So we'd find certain materials and then bonding them together is really difficult. So Maybe apple skins like weren't working with the grape skin. So we'd have to try a different apple skin. And then then you want to throw in the recycled cardboard. You're like, you know what? This this Cabernet grape yes. is really not helping us. We really need a Pinot Grigio grape because that's really what's going to bind better to this. Yeah. No, actually, really. <laughs> the upcycled apple skins come from Italy. And, and the Dolomites have the largest apple orchard in all of Europe. So there's a lot of apple waste there. Yeah. And it's consistent. So instead of the apples going into the landfill, we take the apple waste out and that apple waste is transformed into a leather alternative in Florence. And then in Florence, once the leather alternative is made, it's brought to Marquet and applied to the shoe. The grape skins come from grape waste. Obviously, there's a ton of wine in Italy. So the grape waste comes from Piedmont and Lombardy. There we go. That's where the grapes are from. And that's also brought to Florence and made into a leather alternative. 
and then brought to Marquet. And then the upcycled plastic and the regenerated leather and the chrome-free metals and the recycled cardboard, all of that is coming also from Italy. And then all of our packaging is is FSC certified paper, 100%. And the, sh- the dust bag is recycled organic cotton. But the shoemakers, initially, it's a challenging thing to do because we're testing still what works with these materials. Sure. So it's really cool to bring these shoemakers, something they've never worked with before, and they're learning a new skill. That's really cool. I, I just, I'm just still thinking about the apples. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, we obviously we're talking a lot about Italy. Yeah. Just the sort of integrity that goes yeah. into every product that they're producing. But also you have a very personal tie to Italy. It's not like you just like drew Italy out of a hat because you've always admired it. Yeah. I mean, this is part of your heritage too. I grew up very Italian-American. And my first time I actually went to Italy was when I studied abroad in school. And then right after school, I was really drawn to working for these Italian fashion companies. At the same time, I actually had gotten my Italian citizenship and, and I found all the documents of all of my ancestors. And they came from this like little village, but most of them worked in Naples and they all worked in fashion or in different factories. And so things started coming together for me where I was like, That's wild. So you are attracted to this industry and these companies and these stories because they really relate so much to your past, even though you haven't met these ancestors or I didn't have interaction with any of them. It's like something in me that it's... It's my roots. So when I was putting this concept together, I was like, this is part of who I am. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, I, like, I feel like I have chills from that. Like that, that's like not at all what you were necessarily looking for or like, no. like the family stories have always been that we were, you know, in fashion and like in no. this industry, that it was just something that you were drawn to and then found out later, maybe partially why. It was a moment of alignment for sure. Like, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. And I'm always open and receptive to those sorts of signs because I really do believe in them. Right. So you guys are a public benefit corp. Yes. What does that mean? It's like an accounting audit, but for ethics. You really have to be doing things the right way to be a PBC. And, and you really have to stay true to your words. There's a lot of greenwashing in fashion right now. There's a lot of companies that are implementing mm. their version of sustainability or their version of doing business for good. But for me, being a PBC actually holds me accountable legally for everything that I do. As a public benefit corp, we are a company that puts our purpose before our profits. We are built the same way as a C corporation, but we're really in business to do good. What that also means is that All of our corporate structure and governance is built in a way to hold us accountable. We have three pillars within our company that I'm accountable for, that I need to share updates on with all of our stakeholders on a quarterly basis. And those pillars are to implement sustainable business practices, to have a positive effect on the environment, and to promote women in business. I did this because... In the beginning, when I created this concept of Protofiori, I was like, all right, I can create a beautiful shoe out of circular materials first, and this shoe will be really well made, and women can wear it, and this will be a great catalyst of change. But what else can I do to actually make a difference? Because I know it goes past the physical product. Sure. I'm going to build my company as a public benefit corp because this will hold me accountable for why I started this company. Yeah. And it will also allow me to make 
a bigger impact than just with the product that I'm making. Now we're, we're pending certified B Corp. So we're almost at our certification. The more PBCs that we have, the more difference we can make. It's hard. It's not easy because I mean, the easy way would just be to do nothing. Sure. <laughs> so, of course. But this really excites me. Like, I love this part of what I'm building. Even with the one pillar of supporting women in business, I've started first with having, you know, looking for and seeking women investors. So mm-hmm. I have more female investors on my cap table than men, which I love the men too, but we're majority female owned. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's like the first way that I can make an impact. And then it will trickle to my board members and my employees and which is so fun to me. Like that's, yeah, that makes this worth it. Like those things. Like the impact that that can have is so incredible. You're launching new styles over time. Yeah. Where do you draw that inspiration? I know this is going to sound so cliche, but honestly, making other people happy and making a difference. Like when someone buys a pair of shoes and they're like, I feel so good about this because I'm wearing a beautiful pair of shoes with a beautiful story. That makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. The designs, they're inspired by my personal style. They're meant to be sexy. They're meant to be classic. They're meant to be comfortable. I I love old Hollywood glamour. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of brands out there that follow trends and they're really sneaker driven. For me, I like to carry on like classical, timeless, beautiful, elegant footwear that will last forever. Not only the materials, but also the designs, right? It's not a shoe that you'll like one season and it's out next season. So you don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your designs are still very fashion forward, still very contemporary. What's next? What's the, what does the future hold? I'm always looking for new materials to work with and we're always working on new designs. We're actually working on introducing new toe shapes, sexier shoes. We're working on embellishments. We're working on prints. Yeah. We're working on everything from booties and boots to evening shoes to custom bridal. So many of your designs are perfect for bridal. And they're really, really comfortable. All of the designs are made from scratch. So it's unique to us, every part of the shoe, from the design to the material. I mean, well, the materials for sure, because they're apples. Yeah. Yeah, no, but you can get them. You can get them. You can wear them in the rain. I mean... They're really good quality. Yeah. But we've been getting great feedback on them, which is really important. That's amazing. If you could put somebody in your shoes, like who would (laughs) you want to style? I know this is really ridiculous and so unconventional, but and I know she's so old, much more mature now. But if Sophia Loren could put the shoes on, I would be so excited. But honestly, everyday women in our shoes makes me happy. Just knowing that there are women walking around in my shoes, like everyday women, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Jennifer, this has been amazing. I'm so intrigued. Obviously, I think that your end product is so beautiful. I think that there's a lot of overlap and opportunity with bridal and and all of those things. Even from from an entrepreneurial business perspective, I'm just so fascinated and inspired and excited that folks like you are out there doing amazing, incredible work. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Let's do it again. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of End of the Night. To see more of Jennifer's designs and learn more about Protafiori's sustainable commitments, you can visit protafiori.com and on Instagram at protafiori. Love our conversation today? 
Get recaps of all our past episodes just by visiting CassieRoseEvents.com and clicking tune in. Feel free to share on Instagram and tag at CassieRoseEvents or rate and review and always reach out if you're eager to chat about weddings and events. Chat soon.